Good? Sounds good. and you are listening to Call Talk for Wednesday, October 13, 2010. Our topic today is on outbound calling for both dedicated outbound centers and for centers who have only partial outbound call volume. If you are listening live, we invite you to be a part of the show and please ask questions. You can either do that by emailing us at calltalk at benchmarkportal.com or chat with us on calltalk.tv. You can also use your phone to call us and ask a question, and that phone number is right here, 347-857-3117. But make sure to press the number one on your phone to let me know if you have a question, but if you don't want to ask a question, feel free just to listen in. Everyone who asks a question today, either email or phone, on the show, will receive a free copy of Bruce's book, Benchmarking at its Best, and one person will be chosen at random to win an in-depth reality benchmarking report valued at $1,500. I want to remind everyone that all of our shows are logged and available to listen to at calltalk.tv any time of the day for your convenience. And now I'd like to introduce the host of Call Talk, Bruce Del Fiore. Thanks very much, Brian, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. Today's topic is outbound calling, and to discuss this, I'm delighted to welcome our guest, Alec Demchik, a lifelong resident of Pittsburgh, and Alex, right, licking your wounds after the Steelers lost to the Ravens. We won't rub that one in too much. Alex has been with uh, such notable companies as Mellon Bank, where he managed system, telecom, and recovery functions. He also had a quarterly column in Call Center Magazine, and has been a committee member of the Avaya PDS user group for 18 years now. Alex has been the general manager of Mug Enterprise since 2005 and has spoken around the world on various call center topics, as well as authoring two books, including a joint effort with Dr. John Anton entitled Optimizing Outbound Calling, uh, the royalties for which are fully funding his retirement. Well, welcome to the show, Alex. How are you doing? Thanks, Bruce. Great to be here. Great. Okay. Well, listen, why don't we uh, get right into it? And, uh, you know, we want to make all of our listeners realize that you have some, some golden words for them, whether they are a dedicated outbound center or, as is the case with most of our listeners, centers that have some blend of outbound with their inbound calls. Uh, are there any general comments that you'd like to start with? Well, yeah, even on that fact, uh, it really I don't see too much of a distinction anymore between in and outbound or blended call centers because it really, the bottom line is making the connection to the customer, making that contact. That's what's critically important, and that's where we're all trying to get to. Right. And, and uh, are you seeing any things with regard to the economic downturn that's uh, having a, an impact in general on our industry? Yeah, actually, that's a, that's a good question because uh, we, we certainly are. Uh, what's occurring out there right now um, in collections, of course, the need to ramp up, make more calls. In addition, though, inbound centers are also receiving more calls. And with every consumer report story, mortgage foreclosure story, we're actually seeing those ebbs and tides where volumes pick up right after those newscasts because everyone takes the part of the victim. 
and mm-hmm. wants, to, wants to make sure they're not the victim. And those calls still have to be managed on the inbound side. Uh, collection agencies have more volume than ever, but the problem they're facing today is they need to make not only more phone calls to cover those, uh, that new volume, but what they're seeing is their revenues aren't going up because of high unemployment and the ability to pay. Mm, okay. Yeah, no, obviously uh, big uh, big factors for a lot of uh, people. Well, if, if we have people on the phone right now who have uh, mainly inbound calls uh, for, the, for the population, they have mainly inbound calls, they have outbound, they're sort of not sure about how to uh, – you know, to, to manage that part of their business. They're more comfortable, we find in many cases, with the inbound calls. Uh, do you have any words of wisdom uh, f- for them? And I have a little story that I'll tell after after we hear from you. Well, yeah, I mean, really, the uh, an outbound call is an inbound call in reverse. Um, mm-hmm. Generally speaking, uh, inbound calls can be a lot more difficult because you really don't know, or the agent doesn't know, I should say, necessarily what that next call is going to be about. Mm-hmm. Outbound mm-hmm. calling campaigns tend to be targeted, and the agent's well aware of the point they're going to try to get across, whether it's collections, uh, uh, activation, utilization, uh, sales, whatever the case may be. They know what the call is going to be about, so uh, they're better prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. That, that's a great point. That actually you can uh, control it better. And so, what would you say on scripting with regard to the outbound call? What's your What's your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, scripting is in, in a lot of ways. It can be like handing someone a gun. You're either going to hunt dinner or you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think we've all uh, had calls, you know, be it inbound or outbound where we know for a fact scripting is being utilized mm. and, and not utilized well. For mm-hmm. scripting to be successful, um, it should be more of a guide. And mm-hmm. I think that uh, that's where some of the problem comes in, where agents are trying to read it word for word, search for the response, and and rather than just using it as a guide, letting them put it in their own words. Now, certainly that's got to be supervised and monitored, mm-hmm. and, and hopefully you know, they have the quality uh, of people that can do this. But that's the only way it's going to be really successful is right. the agents so really, put it in their own natural terms. Exactly. Sort of internalize what the message is and then put it in their own words and then just maybe at that point use the script as a uh, mental checklist to make sure that they've uh, covered all the points in their own words. Absolutely. I mean, it's kind of like if you go back uh, 15, 20 years ago when the Dale Carnegie sales courses were running rampant, you knew a Dale Carnegie graduate because the conversation always started out, if there was a way, you know, mm. that's what they taught. Mm-hmm. And, and so you knew the person was just doing canned speech. Yeah, personalization. Right. Yeah, personalization is what uh, what really closes the deal, regardless of whether you're selling or collecting. Well, you know, I think that's a good point, and maybe uh, for the outbound component of anybody's call center, it's both having the uh, the scripted message internalized so it doesn't sound scripted, but also having enough um, I don't know empathy, if that's the word, for whoever else is on the phone that they're picking up signals from that person. 
and making sure that the uh, things that they say are going to be relevant to that person and, and they're ready to change tack if, in fact, they're going down the wrong straight, the wrong road. Well, exactly. And, and you get into what can scripting be utilized for. Yes, you can actually make an agent be robotic and speak word for word, mm-hmm. or you can use it as a tool to help that agent find answers, solutions, products, or overcome objections, which is the way I view scripting should be used. Otherwise, you know, connect the dialer to an IVR and uh, just do text-to-speech, and that will give you the same robotic response. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that's a good point. Well, um, yeah, you know, one of the things, too, on the outbound side is, that I've seen is uh, for centers that are primarily inbound and then they do some outbound, sometimes it messes up their metrics, and we have to do some um, some adjusting for that. And it's not just for us, for purposes of the assessments we do and uh, for those who are going for certification. It's also in terms of their uh, sense of managerial uh, control over what the situation is uh, because there's the do they put their people in aux time to do outbound calls do they uh, have a outbound call uh, component that they can push to do it in there's one center that I was in not that long ago where uh, the the agent it was primarily an inbound uh, sales center when the agent had to make an outbound call to return a call to somebody they had to call uh, workforce management and workforce management demanded that they indicate how much time they needed for their call. And they didn't really know how much time it would take, of course, so they'd indicate a certain time, and uh, that would take them out of uh, their, out, their inbound uh, you know, st- statistics for that period of time. But it was very inefficient, and so they were unhappy with it because uh, it could be denied very, very easily, and in fact frequently was. Um, they were not able to follow quickly on sales that they could have closed, so that wasn't good for the center. And, uh, and, and also, they oftentimes found themselves well with, you know, a minute or two left in what they had told workforce management, so they just kind of uh, relaxed <laughs> instead of putting themselves back into inbound. And so anyway, we uh, talked to, the, to them and to the uh, workforce management, and uh, they changed it so that the agent themselves, him or herself was able to put themselves into outbound mode uh, when they wanted to. And uh, and unless there was a, a lot of inbound calls, and in that case, workforce management could override them and, you know, insist that they do it. But it was for good reason. It wasn't just uh, because, you know, they had to do it every time. Have you seen situations similar to that? Well, yeah, uh, I really have. And, and you know, this is really impacting. Uh, bond, bond, and blended centers as well. Uh, what we what we found is most call center management and, and certainly upper management live and die by averages. You know, when it comes to reporting, whether it's talk time, um, you know, ox time, whatever the case may be. And unfortunately, what ends up happening a lot of this information um, tends to be erroneous because uh, when it comes to talk time. They're unable to break out what is inbound versus outbound uh, versus even preview dialing, all these sorts of things. And then you add in uh, other caveats like, uh, you know, new trainees where you have, you know, abnormally long uh, talk and wrap-up times, this sort of thing. So generally what we recommend doing 
is if the system isn't capable of determining those differences, uh, build uh, build out the system, build out the agent logins so that they can at least be tracked based on the type of campaign you're running. So, for mm-hmm. example, if I'm an inbound agent, I have an inbound login. If I'm, if I'm going to do outbound duty, I have an outbound login. And if I'm a trainee, I have a trainee login that I keep for 90 days, and then I go into the regular pool. Uh, at that point, you're able to track all these various uh, facets of the call center experience separately so that they actually do make some sense. Right, right. No, I think that's important. And actually, uh, at the end of the day, too, we want to have all those things properly done and documented so that we can have good metrics, so that we can track ourselves, see how we're doing. And and, and this is probably a good point to note that we have uh, launched two new ongoing surveys, one for outbound and one for collections functions. And uh, they'll, they'll take their proud place next to our inbound customer service surveys that people are, are already very used to, the reality check and the in-depth reality check, inbound surveys. And, and they have, uh, these others have survey questions that are particular to the outbound and the collections uh, industries. And uh, Alex worked very closely with us on it. In fact, uh, Alex, can, can I call you the midwife of these surveys? Or, or maybe I should call you the biological father. <laughs> Uh, as long as they don't have to take any DNA test, uh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Been there and done that already, huh, Alex? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. You never know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> no. It, it it took about as long nine months. Uh, I think uh, this last go round. It did. It did. But the babies are beautiful, aren't they? They they really are. And and I think what's what's really exciting to me is uh, this has been tried. Um, well, not this particular facet. I, I would say that getting statistics, especially in the outbound arena, has been tried for years. I, I can recall um, in the late 80s, early 90s, companies were coming out with this, and at every time someone would come out with a, a study, it would be shot down because it wasn't product-specific. So this is, this is really exciting. Yeah, yeah, okay, well, great. We hope that uh, people will participate, and, you know, we ask anybody who's on uh, the line to uh, look them up and to take them. Uh, Keep in mind that you need to have segregated data for those operations to make the survey work, Uh, or else uh, if, in fact, it's one of your colleagues who's responsible for outbound and or the collections sector, uh, let them have the benefit of these surveys. Let them know about it and, uh, and do that. Uh, another nice thing about these is that the surveys will be complimentary, and, uh, and and so basically no charge for at least the next six months while we fill the database. So we're really uh, encouraging everybody to participate, and uh, starting actually with the uh, Avaya group that uh, we 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 talked to. Uh, what was it about four weeks ago? Yeah, in, in Las Vegas. So the price is great. Yeah, <laughs> the price is just right. Okay, great. Even well, most collection call centers could afford that. <laughs> That's right. And the nice thing about collections is whatever they bring in goes straight to the bottom line and uh, and also goes against what they have to reserve for bad debt. So, it's uh, yeah, uh, certainly uh, if I were a collections manager or an outbound manager, I would want to see 
how my metrics looked compared to my competitive peers. So uh, we have high hopes for these two surveys. Um, let me just remind everybody who's listening to uh, please call in your or, or uh, else email in your questions so that we can uh, we can uh, answer them and uh, happy to do that. Um, let's see, Brian. Do we, do we have a question that uh, that you could ask? Yeah, this one uh, this one came in from Matt, and the question is, uh, what's the next big thing in call center technology? The next big thing in call center technology. Big question. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is, and yeah, I think probably. I mean, inbound. You know. Uh, that piece, the blended center, has really come together uh, and is probably going to be reaching its zenith. There's still more work to be done, but it's getting there. The next big thing is probably going to be more of the virtual agent. Now, that's mm. not anything really new. Uh, there's been blast messaging, but I'm talking more along the lines of the intelligent messaging, where the, uh, the dialer, the predictive dialer, not only contacts the customer but qualifies the lead, gives pertinent information about their account, and then presses on. So I, I would look for that to be the next best, uh, next big thing coming out, and then I would look for the FCC to follow closely behind it to regulate it. Uh -huh. <laughs> they have a bad habit of doing with any good thing. <laughs> I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. We love them. Yeah, actually, we're finding a lot of uh, interest in virtual uh, call centers in general and in at-home agents in particular. And um, one of the things that our earlier research had found is that those people who are good at uh, sales, outbound collections, et cetera, uh, have a limited overlap with people who are good inbound agents. And... Um, uh, so, in fact, uh, when you get a good person like that, and let's say the spouse moves somewhere and they have to move too, you hate to lose them. And now you don't have to. Uh, if they like you, you like them, and uh, you have the technical capability to uh, have the technology pushed out to them, they, it, it can go with them wherever they go. And, in fact, uh, there's a number of centers that are building up considerable uh, cadres of people who can who can be uh, virtual agents. Uh, are you seeing that as well? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely more so. Uh, because if you again, you look at the uh, the cost of uh, postage and doing hard mailing, snail mail. Um, it's it's very expensive compared to getting that uh, message out virtually. You know, uh, whether it's banking and you're um, wanting to do uh, sales on auto loans or you're in leasing and, and trying to offer incentives in that regard. The medical industry is a real large up-and-coming group uh, for not only satisfaction surveys, um, but also for solicitations, be it mm -hmm. uh, medical supplies, prescriptions, this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Another thing, too, is on the training side. As you were talking, I was thinking about this, that um, – Oftentimes, uh, training is one of the, the biggest uh, bang-for-the-buck things that you can improve on in your center, uh, whether it's inbound or outbound. And what, what's your uh, advice to managers who uh, are either dedicated outbound or have uh, blended uh, in terms of the kinds of training that should go into the outbound component of what they do? Well, in that 
in that regard, certainly, I think what's um, important is role playing, and and I can't stress that enough. And I'm not talking about the typical every calls a win. I mean, it should be real world uh, with real life examples. Uh, most uh, supervisors, managers do monitoring now, so it shouldn't be too difficult to uh, come up with those topics. One of the things, though, I see, unfortunately, is the dependency on agents themselves to train other agents. Now, that's side-by-side training is good as a supplement, but unfortunately, you get what I like to refer to as floor lore also thrown in. So, um, you know, new agents can also pick up some bad habits if we're not careful. Mm, mm, okay. Uh, speaking about bad habits, uh, just a, a question that I, sometimes I ask people: what was, What's the worst outbound call center you've seen, and, and why? <laughs> ah, the worst. Yeah. Um, when I was doing a, a study uh, a while back for incentive programs, because that's one thing that's always interested me is how to uh, motivate people. Uh, I actually was in a center that had constructed this booth, uh, vision an old-style phone booth, out of uh, two-by-fours, some chicken wire, and some plexiglass. Mm-hmm. They had a box fan under this thing, and the agent that had the highest number of promises per month would get in this booth. They had all these folded-up bits of paper with increments of like 50 cents a dollar, maybe up to $20, and they would turn on this fan, and uh, with his peers standing around, and uh, it was up to that agent to grab as many of those pieces of papers in uh, 30 seconds or whatever the case may be, and that was his bonus for the month. <laughs> <laughs> which which country was this in? <laughs> Hello? Hello? Did we lose Alex? I think we might have. We might have lost Alex. Okay, we'll wait and see if he comes back in. But that was quite, quite a story there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I can imagine that that probably was something that management found hilarious to watch every month, but could have been a bit demeaning for uh, people in the booth. Uh, so yeah. they might not have liked it a whole lot. Uh, okay, well, while we're waiting for him to come back in, uh, are there any other questions that you have, uh, Brian, that that perhaps I could start answering? Yeah, we did have one. Uh, this this came in from Loretta, and and before we go there, I do want to remind everyone that we and thank people for listening. I've got some uh, some people that have called in from Southwest Idaho. I've got Northeastern Idaho or Ohio, California. Also, some uh, listeners just logging in uh, a little while ago from Florida. And so if you're listening, that's great, and feel free to do that. Uh, if you would like to ask either Alex or Bruce a question, you're welcome to do that as well and just hit one, and it looks like uh, there's a potential for one here in a moment. But first, real quick then, um, this is a question from Loretta. What is the most common problem you see in call centers and uh, have some portion of, um, uh, that have some portion of outbound calls? I think, mm-hmm. Alex, do we have you back? Yes, uh, yes. Uh, thanks to the miracles of the internet, I I, I am back. <laughs> Great. Did you hear that question then? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, and uh, and just to finish up, I don't know where I got dropped off before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the agents absolutely despised it. They were told to be professional, but yet they were putting into this unprofessional stance. So I would say 
get your agents involved in your incentive programs or bonus mm-hmm. programs if you can. Get feedback, and uh, and you're going to find out it's going to work out much better for you. Mm, no, that's a great uh, concept for anybody in terms of getting agent feedback in terms of the uh, the incentives. And yep. you find out what it is that they want. Do they want, uh, you know, uh, time off? Do they want money? Do they want, and, and whatever it is, then find the proper way in your within your organization to give it to them. Okay, yeah. Sorry, uh, go ahead. And that's mm-hmm. going to cut down on uh, on, turn, on the turnover. Brian, I'm sorry, the question we had again? Sure. This was from Loretta, and she asked, what is the most common problem you see in call centers that have some portion of outbound calls? Okay. Um, yeah, that's a good question, especially for you know a follow-up to what we were just talking about. Right now, everyone is reacting to the economic downturn, and they have been for about a year. And so what they're doing is boosting productivity any way they can. And unfortunately, uh, there's, they're forgetting the other cue. There's two cues to the sides of a call center, quality and quantity. Mm-hmm. I try to put quality ahead of quantity. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, the opposite is occurring right now where we see a lot of call centers in, out, blended, all pushing for uh, quantity, trying to get the numbers, but unfortunately that, that quality aspect is, is suffering for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually uh, one of the things I might mention with regard to our new uh, surveys for uh, the collections and for outbound is that uh, we will be, just as we have the balanced scorecard for inbound customer service, which has the quality and the quantity, uh, in this case we've actually got three measures. It's three-dimensional this time, and we've got uh, those measures that have to do with uh, the amount of activity that your center is uh, putting out as an outbound center. The second is the results that you're getting, and the third is uh, the quality aspect of it. So we've uh, taken the taken the, the, the thing and we sort of diced it even one, one further time. And uh, I think that people who take this are going to find it very, very interesting. So, okay, and and it's really worthwhile. I mean, you, sometimes it pays, especially in today's environment, to dedicate the time to really reevaluate and, if necessary, reinvent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. Uh, Brian, do we have some more? Okay, we may have lost Brian. <laughs> no, no, I'm here. Hey, oh, okay. hey guys, how's it going? Good, I, good. I was just screening a phone call that we got in. If, uh, if I'm catching it at a good time, I can't hear at the same time. So if this is a good time, I'd like to bring her in. Okay, okay. great. Okay, uh, so here in just a second, um, this is, let's see if I did it right. No, mute. Uh, this is a caller, Maria from Blue Cross Blue Shield from Florida. And um, let's see if I can do it right. She had a question for you. For some reason, I'm not getting it on air. I'm hitting it on. Maria, can you hear us? Nope, it's not working. Um, let me, uh, once you guys chat, I'll go back and, and bring the question back to you guys. Yes, I okay. would like to, uh, oh. I'd like to hear from because it was, it's one of the things that I'm seeing is uh, uh, obviously the medical field uh, in general as it relates to uh, call centers is the, is the, um, the modern age version, I guess, uh, of uh, the credit card growth of the, the 70s and 80s. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of medical call centers out there right now, and um, they have their own special sets of uh, problems, certainly. with uh, uh, In this country, you have the HIPAA regulations, of course. So uh, just like you have utilities, have their own specific needs and regulations, medical field, uh, very heavily regulated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and uh, I've seen the same thing, Alex. And uh, the the fact is that uh, where you had some of these centers that were basically inbound only uh, a few years ago, now with what's going on in the uh, medical insurance area, they're getting much more into inbound sales, uh, much more into outbound, and uh, just in general developing themselves in very exciting ways uh, in terms of their sophistication and their ability to service clients and to get new clients in a 360-degree way. So uh, we're seeing that in, in all kinds of industries. So I uh-huh. think that, that uh, whereas outbound seemed to be uh, dying yeah. <laughs> with the no-call list, now uh, with uh, you know uh, responding to inbound calls uh, that are in turn you know, stimulated by um, you know, print, advertising and, and also TV advertising, et cetera. Uh, there's actually a lot of exciting things going on. Uh, let's just check in with Brian one more time, see if uh, he's able to get uh, Maria on. Okay. All right, Maria, can you hear us? I can. Perfect. All right, everyone, this is Maria from Blue Cross Blue Shield, Florida. Thanks for joining us, Maria. And what's your question? Okay, thanks for taking my call. Um, I wanted to know if you have some thoughts or considerations when creating a compensation plan for outbound agents. And just to clarify, this is a two-tiered process. Um, our outbound agents are responsible for initiating leads for our licensed agents. So we make the call, and then if the lead is good, we transfer the call over to the licensed agent. I just wanted mm-hmm. to know if you had um, some experience with a compensation plan or an incentive plan for those outbound agents. Okay, let me have uh, Alex answer that, but it's clear to you what uh, what she's talking about, right, Alex, that they have uh, unlicensed people who are doing the first level, and then uh, once they've uh, qualified the lead, they pass it over to a uh, licensed agent who is able to actually conclude the deal. You know, I would, it's interesting because uh, this method of operation is actually becoming more and more commonplace, uh, especially over the past, um, really five years it's really taken a foothold and, and it works really really well because um, it allows you to bring uh, people in as we'll say the operator and they uh, do the qualifying it's a, a lower skill set but they do the qualifying and then when they do get that properly turn it over to the agent so yeah we refer to it as operator agent capability um, so one of the things that you know we've seen though uh, over the years where mistakes are made on uh, on incentive programs, either in cases like this or even in single agent mode, is incenting only the individual and not also utilizing group goals. Uh, if if you don't incent both you have a bunch of individuals out there not operating as a team. So in your case, uh, for example, if you have operators and their goal is to pass leads back as quickly as possible, I'm assuming they're on a predictive dialer of some sort? Not yet, but we will be. Not yet? Okay, but they will be. 
that's when it's going to be even more important because dialers like consistency. They like consistency in the talk time, consistency in the update time. And in order to get them consistent, they have to control their own conversation. So, you know, when you're doing a uh, group, an individual goal, let's say the individual talk time, the goal is to be at two minutes on average. They're all going to strive for that to be as an individual. If they get it as a group, a two-minute average as a group and not just an individual, that could also be an additional payout. So there's incentive for the individual, but there's also incentive for the entire group to hit. Do you follow me with that? Yes, I do. Okay. And it would be the same for your uh, your agents as well. You, you, and, again, it's not just the, uh, like we were talking about earlier, the quantity. It's also the quality of measures. Um, if on the operator side you have uh, someone that's doing, you know, 25 connects per hour, that's a great Atbon connect rate. That's good productivity. But if they're only getting four leads compared to maybe someone that's doing 18 connects per hour but getting eight leads, obviously the productivity of that person from a production standpoint is lower, but the quality is there. And the end line, uh, end, end game is you're getting more customers over to those agents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Well, what do you think about that, Maria? Does, uh, do those thoughts uh, fit in with what you were thinking, or is there anything that uh, sounds uh, good or odd? Um, I think it definitely fits into what we were thinking. Um, you know, I, I know that when the rubber meets the road, it's all about the quality lead. We want to make sure that, you know, we're able to either upsell or bring that person on as a new customer for Blue Cross Blue Shield. Um, Do you have any thoughts um, or can you share uh, any regulations regarding predictive dialing? Yes. Um, You know, really the the thing today is opt-on-to abandonment, and that's where you're really over-dialing. You know, it used to be... uh, only thought of as sweatshops that would, you know, just dial so uh, aggressively that uh, they would put people on hold once they did get a connect and you'd have to wait there for an agent to see who was calling you. So you have to be very cautious. States like California um, are very, very strict when it comes to outbound abandonment rates. Also, what makes it even more difficult anymore is the uh, the regulations regarding the use of dialers. You have federal regulations and you have state regulations, but within those you even have multiple bodies. So, for example, um, the state of Pennsylvania uh, that I'm very familiar with allows you to call between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. The Fed mm-hmm. says you can call between 8 a.m. and 9 p.m. Well, which one do you follow? And that's always a trick question, and the call center manager says, well, I'd follow the Fed because they're bigger. Well, it's not the case. You have to follow the more restrictive of the two in order to be in compliance. Now, Pennsylvania, uh, as well as other states, also has yet another governing body, the Public Utilities Commission or the Utilities Commission or Commonwealth of various states. They take it a step further and say, well, not only can you not call between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m., 
But you also, if someone does get put in an outbound wake queue, you have to tell them who you are, where you're calling from, and provide a phone number where they can call you back. So it's important, whatever dialer platform you decide to go with, that uh, you're comfortable with uh, them understanding the laws and Mm -hmm. regulations to guide you into proper operation of the system because you're going to have your own worries like HIPAA regulations and everything else that we talked about that's common in the medical arena. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I appreciate your time. Okay. No, that's a good question. question. If we had more time, I had this rash I was going to talk to you about. Um, <laughs> I think you want to talk to me. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I love Blue Cross Rabbit. Blue Shield. You always take care of me. <laughs> well, great. We're happy to hear that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Great. No, that's a Thanks, great Maria. question. We really enjoyed that interaction. And I think uh, one other thing that I would add is that uh, with regard to the incentive plan is to remember your supervisors and to make sure that uh, whatever you do uh, can redound to their benefit and make them the very best uh, coaches, mentors, uh, cheerleaders, uh, but in the right way for the agent so that they're as successful as possible. That's a very um, good point, yeah. Great. Okay, let's see. We're we're really running over here, but it's a great show. Um, is there one more question that you wanted to ask, uh, or should we, we uh, close it up here, um, Brian? I've got one more if you guys have the time. Okay. Let's go for it. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, This comes in from Dave from calltalk.tv on the chat there. Dave says, my call center is a blended call center, and our workforce management software does not accommodate for your outbound volume. What is Hmm. the best way to account for that time? (laughs) All too common a problem. Hmm. Yeah. No, that, that, that isn't that a sort of a one-off? You have to look at the individual situation, don't you, Alex? Yeah, you really do. Um, you know, because again, without knowing, um, you know, the full background, I mean, this could be something that's as easily answered as, you know, giving the agent again an outbound login ID so those, uh, mm-hmm. that information can be tracked separately, mm-hmm. or is there something uh, within their phone system that can be done? Right. Well, but that you know, the, the, the problem is, um, or, or I guess the solution is, to dig deeper. Uh, you know, the unfortunate thing I think we see in the industry today is not all companies that, you know, sell hardware especially and software um, are really being challenged by call center management to deliver on what the uh, – what the needs are. It's almost like we're backing into the technology instead of the technology backing into us. Right. right. Okay. On that one, uh, Dave, if you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, maybe we can help you out on a, um, a one-to-one basis. So, Well, listen, it's been a great show. Alex, thank you very much uh, for being part of this. And uh, over to Brian. Yeah, I want to thank, uh, thank Alex. It was great and uh, appreciate all the insight that you brought to the show. And do want to apologize. I see a couple people raising their hand right now wanting to ask questions on the phone line. Please come back and uh, join us again in our uh, next shows. We'd be happy to get you on there, but we just have run out of time. So I am working on getting the winner for our show today. And uh want to remind everyone to join us October 27th, our next call talk is titled Disaster Planning in an Age of Extreme Weather, Epidemic Disease, and Cyber Terrorism. Quite a topic that will be. So if we, uh, it, it's if perfect we, uh, for uh, Halloween. We use, 
<laughs> right. Good timing there. If we used your question today, please email us at talk at benchmarkportal.com so we can send you Bruce's book, Benchmarking at its Best, and uh, make sure we get that email so we can uh, take care of you. Don't forget to sign up for a free reality check benchmark report to see how your call center compares to others in the industry. And our in-depth reality check benchmark report takes a much deeper dive into call center metrics and is free today for our winner that was on the show. Dave, you are the winner, so make sure you email us so I can set you up with that free report. I'm Brian Carrington, wishing you all a very, very wonderful day. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.